Brought to you in part by the following. Irish Rugby Tours, the Rugby Tour Specialists, AFIA Sports Training Group, working in partnership with Rugby Wrap-Up to promote rugby across the community in the U.S., U.K., and beyond. And Dub Pies, Down Under Pies. Stop by, say hi, and eat pie. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34 in New York City, talking rugby, and we're talking Major League Rugby in the aftermath of its first successful season, we have calling in from Seattle, Mr. Adrian Balfour of the Seattle Seawolves. One word, Seawolves. And we have here the general manager of the Rugby United New York franchise entering in the second season, Mr. James English. All right, so for the folks at home that might not know you guys, I'm going to run through your, your backgrounds a little bit. I'm going to start with James because he's sitting next to me. Uh, head of long-term athlete development and director of rugby at Specialist Sports College in London. Uh, teacher and rugby coach at the Senior Cup team at Black Rock College in Dublin, a famous rugby college in Dublin. You established a state-based rugby organization in Pennsylvania as executive director, a rugby consultant for Atavis and USA Rugby Academies, you built men's and women's college programs at Monroe College in the Bronx. You coached the NYRC women to the WPL Championship in 2017. We had them right here on this very set, Go New York. And from there, you, were co- you got picked to coach the USA Rugby Under-20s women. And now you are the general manager at Rugby United New York. And you like... Long walks in the country and good fine wine. And that segues right into Adrian Fine Wine Balfour, whose resume is that of a Renaissance man, uh, a farmer basically in uh, Western Ireland. You still own a working sheep farm there with your brother, an electrical uh, engineer, an electronic engineer, you, uh, an entrepreneur. You played schoolboy rugby for. How do you how do you say this Portora? Yeah, Portora Royal. Portora Royal, and I think you you were uh, we. How are you as a player there? Um, I was middling to crap. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, Adrian, aside from that, you worked in France uh, in cryptological systems with Ford and some other companies, and you did some consulting. You. You've had some consulting businesses in 1994. You moved to Detroit. You, you really had a big company there where you were worldwide in 27 countries or something like that. And now you're at Envorso. If I'm saying it correctly, you're the CEO there. Rugby player, engineer, farmer, entrepreneur, and now you're a co-owner and co-founder of the Seattle Seawolves in, the, in Major League Rugby. But the biggest thing here, which boggles my mind that you're able to do all this, is that you have six kids? Yep. <laughs> and they're the stuff I'm most proud of. Where do you get the time to do all this stuff? Um, yeah, you do what you love, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. And speaking of what we're doing, what we love, we're all here because we have this one affliction called rugby. And uh, you guys are all in. You're in, the, in Major League Rugby. James, Rugby United, New York. You're kicking off your inaugural season. There's a lot of logistics problems. Do we know where we're playing and we do, do we know where we're training? What do you got so far? I think if you speak to anyone in New York rugby, uh, be it high school, college, um, senior rugby, they all have the same issues. 
resources and facilities are a big issue, certainly in Manhattan. Um, and it's something that, you know, I think it really kind of defines New York and what New York rugby is about. It's not an easy place to live and it's not going to be an easy MLR team to get off the ground because of those challenges. But uh, we're going to do the New York thing and hustle until we make it happen. But we are in negotiations with a couple of uh, facilities um, for game day. Obviously, Gaelic Park was a huge success last year and it's someone, um, something we're still talking to. Um, but we do have aspirations of being a little bit bigger than that and we hope that um, over the next week or so we'll, we'll be announcing something pretty special. Just a week too soon. That's the story of my life. But we are in um, deep negotiations. So like I said, in the next week or so, we'll be really excited to announce um, kind of the future for, uh, for Rugby United New York. Now, switching gears, Adrian, you guys had a great facility, great crowds. Uh, you won the championship. What are some of the logistics, logistical problems that you guys had to get over before you kicked off? Like, maybe you can lend this guy some advice. Yeah, I mean, it was um, quite a lot of work just to get everything put together on and off the field. Um, we had to put new surface into Starfire Stadium, which is the stadium that we we play in, um, which essentially meant you had to put the pad in, you had to put the 4G surface on top of that. Um, all the logistics around the ticketing sales operation, uh, the sponsorship operation, getting the players uh, catered for on and off the field, getting the schedule of training sorted. You know, there's just a ton of things that go on behind the scenes. and. You know, what I would say is that you really, you know, got to expect the unexpected, um, that the unexpected will, you know, will happen and the ability to react quickly and move on and make decisions fast on the go, I think is, uh, is critical. So you guys are pretty much in a good place. How are you going to repeat? You got everybody gunning for you now and you've got some new teams entering. What are some of the challenges that you face in terms of maybe keeping the team together or building on what you had? Um, well, you know, that's the way we like it. We like to win and we, we intend to keep on winning, you know. Um, we're pretty humble. We're pretty straightforward. Um, we say it like it is. And um, we're building a culture here, I think, that is really all about, you know, the community and getting everyone lined up behind rugby. Um, we want um, everyone to, to play together, work together. Um, you know, we, we believe that culture eats strategy for, for lunch, basically. So if we get the right culture together, we get the, the, the community behind us, we get everyone working in synchronization, um, you know, we're going to be a pretty hard team to beat. You had a player coach last season. I'm, I'm sure you're not looking to repeat that. What's your coaching situation going to be like? Well, we had a pretty good situation last year. We had, you know, the senior players really stepped up. They, they worked together. Um, they, they all came together as a, as a group and, and through that hardship um, actually created an increased sense of team bonding and people really worked hard together. So um, we, we are going to hire a coach this year. We're not going to do it again like that. But um, I think credit to the senior players, the, the, the player coaches and the, and the actual players themselves. They came together and made it happen. Can you give us uh, any info on who the head coach might be this year? Um, I can tell you we've nailed it down to two candidates. Um, they'll be flying out to Seattle soon um, and, you know, within a week or two, hopefully. All right. Okay. Everything is in a week. I'm, you know, I'm just, guys, I need this breaking info. I'm doing this for a living here, guys. you got to give me some, give me some skinny. All right. So, James, 
Yeah. Um, We're going to have a pretty good head coach, though, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, are you stealing my co-host, Steve Lewis? Um, no, you're, you're safe on that one. You're good to go. Fair enough. All right. So, so James, Rugby United New York, name of the franchise, implies uniting the clans, which I think is a great thing. You've got some personalities here in New York. You've got Old Blue, New York Athletic Club, New York Rugby Club, of which we're a part. We have the dedicated corner over there. Um, Lansdowne, Village Lions. There's been a little kerfuffle in terms of the relationship. How's it going now? What's, uh, how do you categorize the relationship between Rooney and the, uh, the men's clubs here? Yeah, I think uh, Adrian used a really good term, build. Uh, it's definitely what we're trying to do. We're not trying to buy a team. We're trying to build. We're using the community. Uh, we're working closely with those, um, that men's clubs, women's clubs, colleges, high schools. Uh, we had a, um, a camp this weekend where we had over 80 players turn up. There were players there from D3 men's, D2 men's, D1 men's. We have a really good relationship at the moment with, uh, with the coaches at Nyack and Old Blue. I just with Don Waring, actually, they're having lunch this afternoon. Um, we really see that those D1 players and D2 players as a pathway through to MLR. And I think for us to be successful uh, as a franchise, um, and you know, we, we need to do what we say, and that's, that's uniting the empire. That's what we're about. That's what we want to do. Um, we love the, 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 the ranging personalities in New York. That's what makes New York's New York, and that's what makes it special. Uh, and it's how we use those personalities and that passion for rugby um, to our own, you know, for our own success. Well, we'll be right back with Mr. James English of Rugby United New York and Mr. Adrian Balfour of the Seattle Seawolves right after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. Ten. Everything going smoothly. Nine. We have a goal for auto sequence start. Eight. Guidance is internal. Seven. The body flap and speed breaker in launch position. Six. Ignition sequence start. Performance onboard guidance is converging now as program. Copy. Four. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, we're going for frequent fast target. Three. We have main engine start. Yes, sir. Reading you loud and clear. Two. Oh, we're all set down here. Go at throttle up. One. Roger, go for deploy. Good luck. We are back at Rugby Wrap-Up at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in New York City with Mr. James English of Rugby United New York and Mr. Adrian Balfour of the Seattle Seawolves. And I just loved that, uh, that Rugby Town 7's commercial because that's a big tournament coming up this weekend that we'll be at. Anyway, you know, it is New York City. It's expensive. How about your, your budget for salary and stuff compared to the other teams? Where do you stand in, in like the pecking order of one through, I guess, what is it, nine going to be now? The, the salary cap's the same for all the teams. So where it's a level, level playing field. We have to be a little bit more um, creative with how we manage that. Um, and players understand that as well. For us, uh, the core, the, the back be, back, backbone of the team needs to be of New York players. Um, we're really lucky to have Old Blue, to have Nyack, to have New York Rugby Club, Lansdowne, Village Lions, um, with some excellent coaching and some excellent players. 
Uh, and it's how we use that to our advantage while adding a little bit of expertise and experience in different positions to that. Um, look, New York's not an easy place to live. Well, you got, I mean, just the rent alone. But, um, but that's what creates the character about living in New York. Not everyone can live here and those who can are used to the hustle. They're used to making it work. And, and like I said, you know, that's part of our DNA as, as uh, Rugby United New York. If you can make it here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As Steve Lewis is fond of saying. Okay, so let's get down to the nitty-gritty with you guys. I mean, you guys can both chime in on this question. Salary cap and international players. I had Dean Howes and Nick Benson in here earlier this summer, but now there's more intel, more information that you guys have. How is the salary cap changing? What will the international player rule be? Because it's specifically, you know, you guys are on the border. You're the closest uh, to another country and you had you know an influx or an opportunity to use canadian players what what's changed going forward so just to, on the salary cap you, you need a salary cap so that the business models associated with these clubs can grow the same in, in tandem in synchronization with the, play, the amount of money you pay to players if one of those gets out of whack if like players don't get paid enough then you won't have a good product on the field but similarly, if the pairs get played too much, then the, the clubs will go bankrupt um, and you'll have another false start to American rugby. And we don't want that. So the idea is to keep the salaries and the players in synchronization with the business models of the clubs so everyone grows together and everyone benefits. I mean, that's the, 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 the overall intent here. In terms of um, Canadian players, we had a board meeting in uh, Utah a couple of weeks ago. And it was voted that um, the Canadian players would not be considered internationals. So that increases the player pool for all of the teams in, in North America um, and allows us to have uh, more players, better players, more, more, well, not better players, but we want more players playing rugby across the, uh, across the continent. And that's a good thing for American rugby. Um, in terms of international, uh, it was five last year. That's been doubled to 10 to allow uh, more teams to, to, to benefit from bringing in other players. Interesting, interesting. So with a guy like James English over here facing some constraints here in New York City, does the league have anything in the works to say, okay, we know that players' housing in New York City is going to be significantly more expensive than it will be in, say, Utah or even Houston. Anything there or is it just, you know, that's on the owner of the club in that city? It's, it's really each club has got the ability to innovate with their business models. Um, and it's really down to how the clubs, um, you know, govern themselves and manage themselves. So we, we face a similar sort of issue in Seattle. It's an expensive city. Housing is in uh, short supply. And so we have an exact same problem. So it's really, you know, we as owners, we talk to the other owners of the other clubs and we share ideas. We, we think through things and, you know, try and see if we can help each other out. What's the what's the latest on the TV situation? You know, TV is handled by the the MLR office. So you know, I know that the um, CBS deal was a, a two year deal, and then they have a one year renewal option. So I think you know, going forward, you know, the, the idea was to get the league up and running and to get us playing rugby and to make that successful. That was the original idea, and to make it as visible to as many people as possible. Now, as you go forward, you want to make sure that you're paying people living wages. You want to make sure that everyone's benefiting from it and that the fans are happy. So you want to make sure you get the best TV deal possible to support everybody. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure the MLR officer on top of that. What's the scheduling going to be like 
Are we going to start with Rooney and Ontario on the road for the first five weeks or six weeks of their season? When will Rugby United's first home game be? The schedule hasn't been done by the MLR yet, but we uh, are imagining it will be towards the end of March. Wow. Adrian, can I chime in here for a second as a guy that played his rugby at the University of Buffalo and we never, ever got snowed out? Rugby's a cold-weather game as well as a hot-weather game. So why, why are we not just saying, okay, the Miami Dolphins go to Green Bay in January and the Green Bay Packers go down to Miami in September, right? That, that is true, but, I mean, there's a lot more resources there in, in managing those fields and uh, the facilities. Uh, that we probably don't have with the MLR, uh, especially this early on in our uh, this early on in our existence. Are the Seattle Sea Seawolves going to make history and be the first team to repeat in Major League Rugby history? You know, we we like to be pretty humble, pretty quiet, and and get on with and do our thing. Um, so we don't really want to come out there and tell everyone that you know we're guaranteed to win it. But let's put it this way: um, the shield is in Seattle right now, and you might as well just keep it here. Well, nobody can lift it, so you can't move it, right? It's a, it's a, it's a 400-pound slab of cement. We're, yeah. we're not so humble in New York, so uh, we're happy to say we're, we're looking forward to go get stuck into Seattle. Beautiful. You know, I think James is right when he was saying earlier that you really got to build the culture of the team and you got to get the culture embedded into the community and you really got to get everyone, you know, from the rugby community behind you. Um, and then also, whenever we're, you know, building our, our franchise, um, we've been reaching out to non-rugby people as well. And, you know, 70 to 80 percent of the audience you see in the Seattle stands, it's the first time they've ever seen a rugby game live in their life. So it's 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 pretty important to build that community. And hence, when you're doing your friendlies, you really want to do them within your own community. And I know New York are doing that. And that's what Seattle are doing, too. When will um, when the, when will the. PR blitz begin for the upcoming season with with uh, the respective clubs. How about you guys first? We've already started. Obviously, we've announced uh, Mike Tolkien as our head coach, uh, Keys Lensing, who you had on your show this week as our uh, as our forwards coach. Um, ben Foden is one of our first signings, and we'll be announcing signings over the next couple of weeks as uh, some of our senior players um, are announced. So for us, uh, the momentum starts now. So uh, keep keep your eyes peeled. All right. How about you guys? Uh, we're keeping the core of our team together. So you, the core of the guys you saw last season will be there this year. Uh, we're supplementing in a few critical areas um, that we think we need extra strength on. And we're bringing in a world-class coach, um, very recognizable once he's announced. Um, and we'll be looking at individual performance plans, uh, on-field performance. You know, We'll be looking at attack defense strategies and essentially speeding the game up a lot. So I think we're pretty physical, pretty good in defense, but I think our speed... Um, and our penetration on attack uh, is going to be approved going into next year. I just saw Rickard Hadding. Uh, <laughs> Rickard. He made me say Rickard Hadding at the um, <laughs> National Club Sevens. I'm like, that guy's a, I'm looking at him. I'm like, yeah. that guy's a beast. It looks like it is him. He's playing sevens. So <laughs> is he coming back with you guys? Yeah, mm -hmm. he's back. So you're okay with these guys playing sevens? Sure. They're playing rugby. What's wrong with that? Well, it's a little little different than the, the previous iteration of uh, professional rugby that we had going on here. That's why I had to ask. Anyway, gentlemen, you've been more than kind and patient answering the tough questions here. 
And uh, I'm just a fan, first and foremost, so I'm just nosy about all this stuff. I think a lot of people are out there, but it's all good. We're talking professional rugby here in the United States. We're talking the second season, which we didn't have the first go-around, so you guys are already twice as good as the first one. So congratulations for pulling that off. I'm really looking forward to Rugby United New York. I'm going to have to go on the road, it seems like, to go to the games to begin with. But Balfour is going to pay for me going to Seattle, so that'll offset it. Come on up, buddy. It'd be good to host you here. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Any final thoughts? Uh, Adrian, why don't you go first? Yeah, the, the objective of MLR was, you know, season one was to have a season two. So, you know, that's, that's the most important thing that we can do. Um, season two looks really exciting with the advent of New York coming in. We're looking forward to the East Coast joining the, the rest of the country. Um, it's going to be aggressive. It's going to be competitive. It's going to be thrilling. It's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. Um, and this is going to be absolute beautiful rugby. So I'm excited. Kudos. James, final thoughts? Yeah, we're excited to be, uh, to be joining the MLR and um, keep your eyes peeled over the next couple of weeks as you see much more coming from Rugby United New York. What is the mascot's name? Do we have one? Because it's Rugby United New York. Is there like a... <laughs> There's uni? Been, is it uni? Few, there's been a few suggestions. Uh, some of the players last year enjoyed the Rooney Rooster, um, which, which matched the colours, but uh, that, that's still in negotiation. Um, our owner enjoys the idea of the Rooney Rat, um, you know, quite, quite apt for, uh, for New, New York. York. City. Uh, but that's something that's still, um, that we're still talking about at the moment. All right, fair enough. Uh, on that note, guys, we are out of time, and I just want to thank you again for coming on, Mr. Adrian Balfour of the Seattle Seawolves and Mr. James English of the Rugby United New York franchise. On behalf of them, I'm Matt McCarthy here at Rugby Wrap-Up at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan, talking rugby, signing off.